For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening. Welcome to Believe in Kansas City Sports. I am your host, Darren Smith. And with me this week to preview the big matchup uh, this Sunday where the Green Bay Packers will be traveling to Kansas City and the Chiefs will be hosting the Packers in a late Sunday afternoon ball game at Arrowhead Stadium. I'm sorry, G-E-H-A or G-E-H-A inside Arrowhead Stadium. Um, I'm joined by one of the hosts of Believe in Packers, Mr. Amon Green. Now, I know you're wondering, why does that name sound so familiar? Well, if you're if you're like me, if you're a nerd like myself, you were a big fan of this gentleman when he was in high school. When he was the top running back in high school, his freshman year, he rushed for over 1,000 yards and helped uh, lead that team, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, to their second uh, national title following uh, the year that they won the year before. Of course, he was in the backfield with Lawrence Phillips and, of course, Tommy Frazier. And then he also led that team to a national title two years later and had a, a nice long career in the NFL. Played, I believe, six or seven years with the Green Bay Packers. So he knows all about them inside out. I believe he's played not only with Aaron Rodgers, but I think he actually played with uh, with Aaron Rodgers as well. If I'm correct, Maybe yeah, with Brett. Yeah, I played with Brett in there. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, Ahmad, I want to welcome you once again to the show, and just uh, just for our audience here in Kansas City, just give us just a little bit more background. I know I kind of gave him a thirty thousand uh, uh, mile view because you know, I mean, I'm just that guy. I'm a geek, but man, like I said right. before, we even came on air, man, just a huge fan of yours, man. Well, since our you know high school days, as I mentioned before, I didn't realize you were just a year older than me. But man, I followed you from high school all the way through your career, man. So it's a pleasure having you on this. Yeah, season. man, I appreciate the uh, the love there, Darren, and having me on your show here. Uh, but yeah, I was right up the street in Omaha, Nebraska. That's three it was about a three and a half hour drive from KC. Um, and uh, actually, mom, I was just telling you off uh, off 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 mic here. We were uh, my mom's family and my dad's family got family down in that area of Kansas City. Missouri side and the Kansas City, Kansas side. That's my mom's side of the family. And then my dad's side of the family is Kansas City, Missouri side. So it's a lot of, you know, a lot of family down there. But, yeah, just uh, being in the Midwest, you know, coming from where I came from and I was born in Omaha and then uh, went out to Los Angeles to kind of develop it, unknowingly my talent in sports and then came back to Omaha when I was a freshman in high school, a 13-year-old, still wet behind the ears, but didn't realize how the – the competitiveness in Los Angeles area, the city part, would accelerate my my athletic development as a young kid. I didn't see it until I moved back to Omaha, and I remember my first little league tryout. I decided not to play high school football because I was like, those guys are way too big. <laughs> so I had a little brains in that brawn of, of muscle and being an athletic uh, adolescent there. So I played little league football for the North Omaha Boys Club Bears, and we had a tryout. And so I was nothing that was, I was used to that because it was some tryouts for the teams that I played for in the Los Angeles area. And we, I played at Ball and Hills and I played at Culver city 
um, the Culver City Lancers. And and so at this tryout in North Omaha, we're, you know, we're out there in our shoulder pads. We're, we're doing running drills. We're doing catching the ball drills. And then we get to the tackle drills. And that's where, you know, I have a brother. He was coaching me up, showing me what to do, you know, what the drill was like and how to wrap up. And I already I kind of knew, but he was just kind of just refreshing me. And it's for him being a big brother, it was like, you know, what I get to coach my little brother. So I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to do this a little bit. I'm like, coach, I'll, I'll be nice to say um, that I didn't say much. I let my brother coach me up. I was like, bro, some of this in my head. I'm like, I know this already. Like, I got it. OK, but uh, got the drills going and just went. I just went. I just. You know, from the competition I was in in California, like I said, I just did what I knew. I was hitting guys, wrapping up properly, hitting the guys hard, and then getting up, you know, shaking, you know, picking them off the ground and say, hey, man, good hitting, you know, being humble about it. But then the whole, every drill was like that, where I basically came in the drill and just blew the guy up, made the tackle, but then was humble about it, helped him off the ground. And so between the hard hitting that I was doing and the coach, real, you know, and then seeing me with the good sportsmanship, the coach was like, where did this kid come from? I'm like, what? <laughs> Who are you? You know, I'm like, man, I'm Nikki, Nikki Paul's little brother. Um, I'm on green. And he's like, where you been? I'm like, I just moved back from California. He's like, oh my God. He's like, you are amazing. He's like, you're going to play here, right? I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I came here. So it just, you know, from, you know, that attitude and my gameplay just obviously was at the a high point, which I didn't realize as a kid. But then once I got to my sophomore year at North, I started as a, a sophomore, rushed for a thousand yards. I transferred to Omaha Central, where I had back-to-back thousand-yard seasons, along with my good friend, best friend Damian Morrow. We both had back-to-back thousand seasons in the same backfield, offensive backfield, at Omaha Central for those two years, 90, 93 and 94 seasons. And then my freshman year was in 95, and then that's where you kind of, when everybody kind of knows where Amon Green came on the scene nationally, um, into into uh, sports bo- sports books and and. ESPN and Monday Night Football on from there in you know Nebraska and then on to Seattle and then Green Bay. Well, I will say this because, like I said, some of us are nerds, so we knew, you know, I knew that you were a, a, a first team All American in high school, so you know you're right. seeing year. But I, I do, I do want to ask one question about the college. So when you were being recruited by Tom Osborne, mm-hmm. obviously you being the top running back, high school running back in, in the, in the state, not only the state, but obviously the country. Did they, mm-hmm. I mean, did they, you know, did they like give you an assurance as, 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 as it was when you, they were recruiting you about where you could end up at on the depth chart or, or, or playing time or things like that, even though they had Lawrence Phillips there. And right. of course he didn't get into his trouble until obviously you, you had gotten there or going into, going into the year. Of course, you, if I remember correctly, you played in the first game. So I know, I know you, I know you was getting, I think you may. I thought you might have rushed for over 100 yards in your first game. Even though I know you didn't start, but I know you got some playing time. Yeah. Uh, that, that first game, and you know, people. I remember the broadcast. They were talking about. You, they were like, he was a top running back here in the state and, and in the country and stuff like that. But, um, what you know, how was the recruiting? The recruiting it, part of that, like for you, it, it was. It was for me recruiting. Um, it was fun. Um, I, I kind of was that kid that was a little ahead of the game. Um, my mom taught me about goal setting my junior year. And so I knew how to set goals. And so by the time my senior year came along and I started getting recruited by Georgia, Nebraska, Alabama, USC, UCLA, Michigan, Notre Dame, um, Idaho, you know, all this from the small schools to the big schools, I had a game plan. So I made this, this, uh, this chart. I took some notebook paper and I made this chart and I had all the top schools, the top 25, and then I put stars by the schools that were like a top, my top five. And then of them top five, then, you know, those top fives, I was talking to them. And so 
in the recruiting process, once I got, you know, when I started to get visited by the coaches, you know, if it was the recruiting coordinator or the head coach or assistant coach themselves. And, you know, to my mom's, uh, I say to her, what she saw out of, the, out of all the colleges recruiting uh, me, once she saw Tom Milesburg walk in our house when we had Notre Dame, so Lou Holtz, um, Greg Moeller at Michigan, uh, Dick Tomey at Arizona, and um, Lou per- and, and Joe Paterno at mm, Penn State. Yes, yeah. um, Tom Osborne was the only coach that showed up to my house. And so that right there impressed my mom. She was like, you're going to Nebraska. I said, Dad, I said, Mom, <laughs> hold on. I got two more visits, to, three more visits to go after this. But in that conversation, when that kind of came to her, that was her aha moment for her. But in that conversation, my dad asked the question, that same question you just asked me about where is my son going to be at on the depth chart or where where would my son know where he'd get an opportunity to play? And pretty simple and, you know, very matter of factly, Tom Osborne says, well, if uh, Amon comes to ca- and campus and he, uh, he obviously hits the books, he has good grades and then he studies that playbook where we have the confidence to put him in. You know, I'm not going to promise that he's going to be the starter. But what I will say, if he knows if he knows the playbook, he will have have time to play on that football field. And that's all my dad wanted to hear. You know, he was like basically saying your son is going to have a fair shot to play as long as he gets himself prepared to play. And, right. he, and he knew that from my, you know, my upbringing between him and my mom and my brothers and my sister and my family that I knew how to get prepared to be ready to play football. And so that for him was just, okay, just, it's just going to be a matter of time. I know my son is going to be ready his freshman year to play football at the college level. That's great. I could talk to you about Nebraska all night long, especially your college. <laughs> and, and, and we I, could. I, I, I will say this, man, because, you know, they, you know, a lot of people talk about who is the, who is the greatest college football team. And a lot of people are going to the uh, 2001, I think Miami hurricanes. And I'm sitting like, well, you know, they did lose the national title. And, uh, and, and, and one of the players that I, that I actually compared to you, who was a stud freshman running back is Maurice Claret when he was at Ohio State. You know, yes. just looking at some of the similar backgrounds and one. Now I don't know about you, but I always thought he ran angry. But but that that was the impression I got of you when you ran because one, you were just so bulk. You know, you were so so uh, 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 you know so masculine. I guess as a freshman or whatever your body right. was kind of developed. It was like you know when you ran, you hit the hole hard and everything like that. So I was like, man, you know, and I I saw a lot of I saw a lot of him in you. Uh, well, I saw a lot of you and him when, when, right. when he was a freshman. But I always tell people to me the greatest uh, college football team was that '95. Was that '95? Uh, uh, because one, y'all ran through everybody, and, and then the way y'all demolished Florida. I think yeah. it was like sixty-one to eight or something. And, and sixty-two and, and, to twenty-four. Yeah, and and, and Tommy Frazier breaking the eight tackles. I was like, oh, I was, I'm like, was, I've yeah. never seen anything like that before or since. I'm like, if that's not the greatest football team ever, I don't know what is. So. Yeah, and I will tell you a quick story before we get into Casey and Green Bay, real quick. So I met um, a few years a while ago now, probably like eight nine years ago. We we're visiting a friend in Las Vegas, and my friend played a little bit of college football at Tennessee. And so we're going back and forth. He's, you know, he's still bitter because we beat Tennessee <laughs> my junior year for the the co the co national title that year. Um, but anyway, so we we're talking about that, and then he's like, you know, man, y'all team you couldn't have been the you know the hurricane team from the '80s or whatever. And I'm like, I said, dude, you know, we were the best. We were voted. This is at the time ESPN put out the best college football teams in college football history, and we were number one, ranked number one. And they just released that, and so my friend didn't know that, and I was like, let's bet on it. He's like, what you want to bet on it? I said, let's bet a dinner on it. We're in Vegas. I'll pick any restaurant in here because I know I'm going to win. 
He said, no, you're not. I'm like, hey, yeah, I pulled out my phone. I Googled it. And typed, <laughs> I said, make the bet. We made the bet. I, I went on my phone and said, boom, showed them the little website on ESPN where it said Nebraska Corn Hunters is 1995. And then the funny, they put the icing on the cake. It said, led by, it said the 1995 Nebraska Corn Huskers led by outstanding freshman Amon Green. It, that was on the first <laughs> line. So when it, I was like, give me, I say, let's go uh, to Roof Chris right around the corner, Steakhouse, bro. I, I want a good steak. Right. <laughs> I was like, I want a steak tonight. I know that's right. See, man, see, and see, and I tell people, you got to know your history, man. See, and I, I, I knew that way back when. Uh, again, we were joined on Believe in Kansas City Sports with Darren Smith with the host of Believe in Packers, uh, my green, who's, uh, whose co host is also Mike Wally. Uh, and so, uh, Mike again, Wall, Mike Wall, Mike Wall. Mike Wall. Yep. I appreciate yep. that. Thank you very much. And so, very grateful for your time. I want to jump right into things. First and foremost, obviously, um, the Packers seven and one coming off of a bye week. Well, a mini bye after the Thursday night Correct. win against the uh, Arizona Cardinals, knocking them off uh, from the last of the unbeatens. Of course, they're taking on the Kansas City Chiefs coming in the Arrowhead this Sunday, three twenty-five kickoff. The Chiefs are coming off their Monday night win, twenty to seventeen, against the New York Football Giants. I'll be, of course, in attendance in this uh, in this game covering the Chiefs. But wanted to get your wanted to get your initial impressions on this matchup. Obviously, the big news uh, coming coming in this week and coming to this week's ball game is. Uh, Aaron Rodgers testing positive from COVID. He is unvaccinated. Uh, will miss this game. Could potentially miss the, the following game against the Seattle Seahawks. But uh, you know, this is the second, actually, probably the third time that these teams will. Uh, well, the second time these quarterbacks would have mm-hmm. missed playing one another two years ago when Patrick uh, uh, Patrick was injured a week before the Packers came to Arrowhead, and then of course the, uh, both teams would have had a chance to play each other in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But Tampa Bay had other ideas in the NFC Championship game last year. This time, of course, COVID knocks out Aaron Rodgers in this game. So what is your initial thoughts when you about this matchup? And, of course, when you heard that Aaron Rodgers had contracted COVID and would be out for this game? Yeah, so first up, the matchup. And it's a magical – I say it's a really good matchup. You got two teams that pretty much before what we just found out are even teams. They got two great quarterbacks. They got play callers that definitely understand the game and know how to manipulate a, de- a defense, you know, by doing certain motions. I love what Eric BNMB does. Shout out to him. He's been actually, he recruited me. He was at Colorado. He recruited me from Omaha Central. So shout out to them. Um, EB, the other EB that I know. Um, great guy and uh, a great. Wish I don't know. I, you know, I wish I'd known it before because I we I talked to EB today at the press, so I would have mentioned. I would have thrown that in there. <laughs> well, when you, I know you'll see him again, but tell him I said what's up I and tell him, hey, if he needs a coach, let me know. <laughs> I tell him that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but no, he uh, watching him develop as an offensive play caller is just I love it because you know he's coming from a program. You go back to his his background. He played. He's from Cali, and then yeah. but he went to Colorado. He comes from an option offense in Colorado at that time. And then now he played in the NFL for a few years with San Diego, but then, you know, went into the coaching ranks, started recruiting. And, you know, I believe as he was at Colorado, he recruited and coached there. But then, you know, now he's coaching in the NFL, been there for 15, 20, almost 20 years now. But now he's taking an OC and now he's getting, you know, the talk about. So he's going to be a head coach one day. And you see him why, because obviously to do what they've done to, bring along that Chiefs organization since um, Andy Reid has taken over. Um, it's been great. And Andy Reid is a player's coach. I've been knowing this for a long time. When I was playing and he was still coaching, I had the opportunity to get coached by him in the Pro Bowl. And then and my some of my former teammates that played with him before they came to Philly or fit from Philly coming into Green Bay or vice versa, they were like, man, Eddie, you know, Andy was, man, he loved the run game. You know, I remember Dorsey talking about Andy, 
when he was a part of the Packers you know, organization when they won a Super Bowl way back, you know, 1996. And so having two good minded coaches that know how to get their players buy in, you know, but then also know the game of football. Eric having to actually played on the field. I don't know if Andy ever played in his time, but he definitely knows the game of football by knowing to get that buy in from his players and just the play designs that the enemy has the the crazy motions running behind the quarterback and it's the same scene same thing i see with uh, matt lafleur they have those offenses to do that to basically i say kind of manipulate defense like i said earlier but also kind of confuse them to see who's what doing what and when and where because when you have aaron jones motion out the backfield you're thinking okay he's not getting the ball he's just going out there on decoy but all of a sudden it's a screen pass to him on the edge and now you're outnumbered because you got a good running back and you have two receivers blocking in front of him to get him 10, 15 yards or when they were, when actually when the green Bay came back out there, came out to Casey a couple of years ago, I believe Aaron Jones had a big screen run for about 80 yards. So it's those type of offenses that now OCs are developing to, cause they know it's, it's good defenders out there. These, these guys are now developing, obviously not, you know, just as good and better than my, my time on the field where you got linebackers that run like DBs and hit like Mack trucks. You know, you got D linemen that are really technical and can get in the backfield when they want to, like a Clint, Kenny Clark. So when you have that, you got to, so as an offense coordinator, you got to be creative. You got to not show your cards before that ball is snapped. So the team, the defensive side of the ball doesn't know where, you know, where they're going. So to have a guy like Pat Mahomes, to have, you know, the run game, you can almost switch out any running back. Darren Williams a couple of years ago, you know, and uh, and, uh, and then Edwards Alaire right now, and he's injured when you have uh, another D Williams in there. So you have those phenomenal athletes, and I can't even, I mean, Kelsey, you know, Hill, uh, you know, guy, uh, uh, <laughs> Mako Hardeman. Yeah, all the, you got that speed everywhere. You can have a lot of fun. And right now, the only one thing with Casey's offense is now people are kind of catching up on how to defend them. <laughs> They they're not. I don't think they 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 kind of found something to stump them, but they're players. They're competitors. I think they're going to get past this, and this is going to be this is obviously defensively. This is going to be one heck of a test. But the way of attrition, when now the other team doesn't have one of their main players, so Aaron Rodgers is gone. So to me, right now this obviously doesn't look good, only because that defense for the Packers is going to be on that field a long time, you know, to and try to stop KC. You can only stop. You can only slow them down so much. I mean, even though like in these last few games, they've had their own little mistakes that, you know, kept them from winning. That's where they're sitting at four and four right now. But it's more mistakes that they've done internally and not teams forcing them into some things, you know, bad decisions with, you know, throwing the ball like Mahomes has done and has admitted to his mistakes. So I think they're going to start cleaning up. And it's a long season. It's only week eight coming up here. Got a lot of football left. So it's going to be a great game. But right now, you know, the team that is going to be like the team that is right now, like, all right, what well, we we got it. We already adjusted our game plan last week because we didn't have um, everybody everybody we needed in the, in the game against uh, Arizona. We had Devonte out, we had Lazard out, but now we got the main basically got the shot caller out. We got Aaron Rodgers out. So what is the thing is what is who's going to step up for that for that position? You know, is it Ben Kirk going to come off the bench? wherever they have back there and, and, and lead that team to a victory because right now a victory is going to be really tough down there in Arrowhead Stadium. Well, I'm not, this is this is what's concerning for me. Now, like, like you mentioned, they were without their three top offensive weapons, well, at the receiver position and tight end last week against the Cardinals. Uh, 
Aaron Rodgers was, but they found a way to get Dylan and Jones involved, and they they rushed for 151 yards. They uh, held the ball for almost 38 minutes, so you kept Kyler Murray and them on the sidelines. And then by the time they did get a chance to come in, they're kind of rushing, trying to get things done because you know not a lot of time is on their side. Obviously, this week, if you get if you get those those players back, those receivers and tight ends back, and now you're bringing in Jordan Love, you could you could essentially still have that same game plan and run the football, but you know, I'm pretty sure Jordan Love, yeah, I mean, granted, we haven't seen much of him, you know, I think maybe a couple mm-hmm. of preseason games and, yep. and what you've seen in college. So, but he knows the playbook because he's been he's been there for a couple of years now. He, you know, he knows the playbook and, you know, obviously just the opportunity. It, it's hard It's hard when you have a quarterback like Rodgers that's always on the field, so you don't get a chance to really get out there and work with the first team. Now this week he'll get his chance. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, speaking with Spagnola today, you know, Melvin Ingham, you you know they obviously haven't seen much of them, so so it's real hard to see on film on how you're going to defend them because last year, they 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 prepared for Terod Taylor with the Chargers, and then ten seconds before kickoff, you're facing uh George uh Justin Herbert. So when I when I right. post that yeah, so when I post that question to Spags, he told me that you know a situation like that, granted they do have five days versus fifteen seconds, mm-hmm. um you know you're you're pretty much defending the scheme so to speak, but but again. That you know, so I guess to defend the scheme of of, of what uh, of what the head coach might call versus what Jordan Love might do. But one of the problems that Kansas City has had this season is they've had a problem with defending running quarterbacks. Just mm-hmm. just Jalen Hurts was looking like Deshaun Watson after when the Chiefs you know played him in in Philadelphia. So yeah. I mean, with, with with Jordan Love getting an opportunity, and of course this is a big opportunity for him. How much pressure is he under to not only perform well but to look good? Because remember. Green Bay, your your old your former organization drafted him to be the future of the right. franchise. So how much pressure is on him coming into Sunday's game? I say right now the pressure is just perception. You know, it's more from us, it's from the fans, it's from the you know, we're the media. We're talking about the actual perceived perception of pressure that he is under. So but the way I know how players, you know, good players, you know, work off each other. Jordan is a good player, Aaron Rodgers is a good player. The biggest thing is just as a player, all he needs to know is what he needs to do, mm-hmm. his playbook, and stick to that and not worry about, you know, listening. Hope he doesn't listen to us. Hope he doesn't listen to ESPN. Hope he doesn't watch no, Fox no, Sports. No, like, you know, yeah, well, hey, listen, <laughs> what I mean in the player sense. But, yeah, listen to us um, overall. But uh, but have that mindset, you know what, zone all that out. Let's play football. But, there, you know, he potentially can have that pressure on him. Like, man, I'm replacing – one of the best quarterbacks in our game right now, um, and he's and he's playing at another MVP level. If he thinks of all that stuff, yes, you could have that added pressure on himself. But as a smart player, you wouldn't do that because you want to play well. And for me personally, I would li- literally clear my mind of the of the what I call the white noise, so I could just focus on playing the game I've been playing since I was six years old. And that's how Jordan Love could go out there and be successful on the football field. Kansas City went from a one-point favorite, which I'm still kind of shocked about that based on the record, uh, to an eight-point favorite, obviously, with the absence of of uh, Aaron Rodgers. So I, I guess my, my question to you would be, if you're, you know, one, I try to advise Chiefs fans, you know, even though you thought that Kansas City would blow out the Giants and, oh, you know, they'll get things back on track, they escaped out with a three-point win. So, you know, just because Aaron Rodgers isn't there doesn't mean that you, you know, that you might live up to that eight-point because you were a ten-and-a-half-point favorite last week against against the Giants and it didn't work out in, in that manner. You got the win, but, you, you know, but it, it was by three points. So 
if you're so but before before we dive deep into this, I, I do want to ask you your thoughts on, on Aaron Rodgers being unvaccinated. And if you were a teammate and you knew he was unvaccinated, the fact that he, you know, he going to pressers and being on the field post game, you know, up on Kyler Murray uh, without the mess, stuff like that. How would you, if you were a teammate of Aaron Rodgers, currently feel knowing that he's unvaccinated and now he's tested positive for COVID and now, you know, the NFL investigating whether or not, you know, the Packers have violated some some protocols and stuff. Um, right. I say as a as a player or, or I say a teammate or even a coach, you know, that's where I, the positions I could be right now. I would look at it as, you know what, it's something that, you know, with the whole vaccination thing, let's just talk about that. It's this whole it has legs and arms itself. So with that, you know, it's like, you know, you had a choice of to get vaccinated or not to get vaccinated. But obviously, from an NFL standpoint, it's in the rules that if you're not, you got to obviously separate yourself from doing things and just be he's a smart guy. So you would have thought he would have been a little bit wiser to have a mask on, to not go partying because you saw I saw on social media he was doing, you know, he was at a party in his John Wick costume, um, which was great. But, you know, he's not, you know, being smart because of the spread of. And so just on that level, you know, outside of that, you know, he's a grown man. You know, he made a decision not to make the uh, take the vaccine. But then from a team standpoint, not reporting it or reporting it as if he was vaccinated. They just got to get ready for the repercussion. If that was something they did tell the NFL that Aaron was. Well, uh, I will vaccinated. say this: like the Packers and the league knew that he was he was he, he had been vaccinated because I know he oh, had, okay. he, he had uh, he applied for some exemption because of some immunization stuff he thought he had taken, you know, he thought he was taken would be good. And they, they said, no, he was on the unvaccinated list. But, you know, and now they're they're giving they're giving a little leeway as it relates to preseason. But, of course, the regular season is a whole different deal. Where right. He's all out and about and meeting with the media and stuff like that without a mask on. So, yeah, I, I just got to be got to be like he's like he's always trying to say or not him trying to say, but we say for him. He's the smartest guy in the room. He had to be the smartest guy in the room, you know, in that making that decision. But also, you well, know, still, <laughs> right. That's what they and then that's what they're investigating. You know, you got to like I said, if you said you're vaccinated, you got to be vaccinated. You cannot say that. That's so I wouldn't, you know, harp on. I'm not going to harp on, you know, a grown man making a decision. But you just got to know what the repercussion is going to be, you know, if I was his teammate. All right, we're joined by Ahmad Green, Believe in Kansas City Sports. He is the host of Believe in Packers. The Green Bay Packers coming to this weekend's ballgame where the Chiefs lead the all-time series. Seven, seven games, seven wins, four losses, and one tie. Uh, Packers, though, they've won the last two ball games against the Kansas City Chiefs. The last time they came to Kansas City, they won 31-24. to Now, my that's without Patrick Mahomes in that ball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Reid is 5-6. and six, is another team that he has a losing record to, so he's going to be looking to go to 500 in this game. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is third in the league in passing with over 2,300 passing yards. Of course, Aaron Rodgers only 1894, but again, he's out of this ball game. Uh, again, you mentioned Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, uh, you know, is also uh, is, is also a good receiver coming out the backfield. Last week, he had seven seven catches for 110 scrimmage yards um, and and a rushing touchdown last week. So, mm-hmm. how valuable? Which I mean, I'm talking to running backs. So I know I, I know how you're going to feel about that. But how valuable yeah. is this running game going to be for Jordan Love to, I guess, kind of settle him down before he tries to start making big plays throwing the football? Uh, it's going to be very viable to get A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones going. And then as along with getting, if it's going to be Mercedes Lewis or Degoria into the play scheme, because we lost Tunyon last year with a, um, last weekend with an AC air t- uh, tear. Yeah. So so getting getting those two people, four people in, you know, which they're already good at getting A.J. and Aaron Jones going. 
So now it's getting new players, which they did last week very well against a good, solid Arizona defense. So getting them in the game again, you know, now is going to comfort, like you said, bring Jordan's love comfort level down to this sitting back in that pocket and, and this and, you know if i'm a teammate and i'm a coach i say just remember just imagine you just reminisce to your days back in college when you're at nevada in that pocket and relaxed and making the throws that you're making to get you where you got right now that's the mindset you got to be in because we're going to help you with aaron jones with aj Dillon, and with the tight end with receivers that are back on the field we're going to help you get in position as teammates. They should be like, you know what? We got your back. We're going to catch the balls. We're going to make the plays that we need to make to make sure you can only you could go out there, and be yourself. Kind of like what I'm, I know what, what they're telling Mac Jones. Just do your job. Hmm. We're going to take care of everything else out in Patriots. What do you I'm now again? I don't cover the Packers. I know you're part of, you know, part of the franchise history and stuff like that. So. I mean, what what can fans expect? Do you know a lot about Jordan Love, or have you have you had a chance to you know see him practice or anything yeah, of that I, nature? Yeah, I know I don't know enough about Jordan. I know that obviously you know hasn't played a whole lot, but I know in terms of pro ball. But from what you know, what I've seen on film, what I've seen in practice, what I've seen in preseason games, and the few games he had right there um, last year, he has a very comfortable, I say, um, mannerism about him in that pocket. When he drops back, he stands tall. You know, and then he knows he has a good sense of when he needs to get out the pocket and run or just get out the pocket, get the ball thrown, you know, out of bounds. So he's not going to really make a whole lot of mistakes. And that's something that's been, I say, a common theme ever since my playing days with quarterbacks, you know, not getting, you know, not putting the ball in a bad position for themselves as a team, you know, throwing it out of bounds or taking a sack because, I know Brett now every now and then Brett, he would be the wild gunslinger and, and, and make, you know, and make some mistakes because he figures he could get the ball in there. But for Aaron, he's a little bit more concise. He's a little bit more deliberate where he's going to, he'd rather throw the ball out of bounds or even take the sack, live to the next play. That was something Mike McCarthy used to preach his rookie years, live to the next play. So that is kind of stuck with him. And that's why you see him year over year having a low interception to touchdown ratio and then so that's you know obviously trans transform you know transferred over to any young quarterback that's come in so jordan love definitely does has those traits he's going to stand in stand high in the pocket so he can look around he's a six, over six feet uh, tall quarterback so he'll be able to be in there confidently is this going to be interesting for the, what i'll see from the chiefs because i think any rookie quarterback coming off the bench as a decent defensive coordinator i'm putting i'm putting pressure on him i'm gonna put a lot of bodies in his in his path so it doesn't make it easy for him to get comfortable in the past game you know it's so funny you were talking about uh, uh what you were talking about uh brett Favre, and then you kind of switched over to Aaron Rodgers. i'm just thinking like that's exactly the conversation that we've been we've been having with patrick and 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 you know gunslinging and trying to make things right. happen and take the sack instead of throwing it like literally when, when you said i'm like that's what I talked to Patrick about after every loss. Like, man, why didn't you just take the second in Baltimore, live to see another down instead of throwing an interception? Same yeah. thing in Washington football. I'm like, so literally what you're saying, I'm like, this dude's been spying on my on, on my pressure <laughs> and stuff. So uh, good, good stuff on that one. So I yeah. do want to ask you, though, because, look, one of the things that works in the Packers' favor against the Chiefs, if, uh, you know, Kansas City, they've been making they've been making turnovers. Patrick has had a turnover, at least an interception, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the last six ball games. So, uh, the Chiefs are, are underwater when it comes to giveaways and takeaways. They've uh, taken the ball away only eight times, but they've given the ball away 19 times, you know, including 10 interceptions and, of course, nine fumbles. But you look at the Packers defensively, they're 14 and six. You know, they, they've taken the ball away 14 times and mm-hmm. only given away six times. As you, as you mentioned, Aaron Rodgers, he's only got three interceptions, so the other three are coming from fumbles. Uh, offensively for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
we know that obviously if they if they don't beat themselves with with uh, interceptions, fumbles, basically just turnovers or penalties. Penalties has been a thing that they've been killing themselves with. Last week they had twelve penalties for one hundred and three yards. With this offense, Patrick Mahomes, you know, doing what he does. You've got Derek Gore that uh, played well and scored his first touchdown last week. Mm-hmm. But Kelsey, Kelsey and Hill, they, you know, well, Travis Kelsey last couple of weeks, he's had a lot of problems trying to, I guess, have big plays. It seems like the defenses are are doubling up on him, being real physical with him. So he's been struggling. Yeah. What what does what do Travis Kelsey and Tyreek need to do to have big games, if possible? against the Packers because even though Tyreek Hill had 12 catches last week, mm-hmm. he only had it for 94 yards. The, the other two times he's had double-digit receptions, All both right. of them were like 11, 11 catches for 180-plus yards. Last week against the Giants, 12 for 90, 90, uh, 93. So, I mean, how do they how do they have big games against against the Packers if possible? Yeah, it's funny how you mentioned Ty- Tyreek Hill and having a few catches and 96 yards. That's a big game for any other receiver. Right. <laughs> but that just shows you how good – he has been playing throughout the last two and a half years and where they're at now as a team. So that just shows you the difference, the discrepancy that either the defense is getting better or they're just, they're in, they might be in their own head, you know, thinking about, you know, games ahead instead of just taking it one, one game and one day at a time, staying with the teams in front of them. And sometimes players can get a little bit, not say they gotten getting complacent, but they just kind of get comfortable you know, no, but, no but one... you know, but but to your point, Chris Jones said that in the in the presser last week yeah. after the game, when when we asked like why they why they've been struggling, he he did say that you know that you can get caught up in looking ahead or whatever stuff like exactly. that, and not taking the team that you're facing and taking them seriously right then and there. So exactly because they 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 know at the end of the game. As you said, Gunslinger Mahomes is going to get him out. You know, they, he's going to scramble to the left or the right and then chuck it deep. And here's Tyreek Hill outrunning everybody like in Madden. He's the glitch in the game and get a big touchdown. But for Kelsey, like you said, who what they need, what they need to do individually as players, Kelsey has to, you know, just shake it off. He got he's a pro. He's been in the league quite a while now. So he understands when you're in a slump. What you do to get yourself out of slump, you just keep thinking positively and keep working in practice week over week to work on your your technique, your fundamentals, catching the ball, looking the ball in because I saw a couple drops. And that's just frustration of him not getting the ball or when he does get in the ball, he's getting the ball stripped out or he's getting tackled immediately. He's not getting a chance to open run in space because we know when he's in space, he's a problem. Defenders of linebackers can't keep up with him. And safeties and DBs can't tackle him because he's bigger than them. So now he's got good back to that comfort zone, but he has to do it mentally in his head. He's like, okay, don't let the team, don't let me be try to beat myself, and I got to beat that team. Let me just beat, let me just you know keep you know get out of my way and play football. And the same way with Tyreek Hill, just let the plays come to them. I know when I had times when I struggled, I just like you know what, let me just breathe and relax and let football come to me. It'll come to me if I got to, you know, if it's just me picking up the blitz or catching a little flat route and gaining five yards. You know what? I did something. I made an effort. I did it. Um, I, I contributed to this to that play right there. And it was a positive play. You know what? Let's stack on top of that and keep stacking on good plays. And that's how you get out of that rut. I'm curious. Um, you know, the, the Chiefs this week, they acquired uh, Melvin Ingram. 
uh, in a trade from the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, by way of the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm-hmm. How does his addition to the team, when you when you have a mix of Chris Jones and Frank Clark and Jaron Reed on that defensive line, how does that how does that help bolster, if at all, uh, the Chiefs' defense, which is pretty bad, you know, statistically in the league, even though Correct. you've got you know Tyron Matthews in the backfield, and of course you got uh, a, a rookie in Nick Bowden, who was the uh, AFC Defensive Rookie of the Month uh, uh, on this squad. Yeah, you got Ingram. It bolsters that defense. You got a veteran who is a pro bowler and that knows how to play and that knows how to be a professional and come into a new program. You know, I say a new play calling system uh, defensively wise. And he knows how to he'll he'll know how to adjust to that. And just when he if he sticks to his, you know, being a professional and knowing, okay, this is my job. Well, this is what I've been traded here to do. then it's going to be some significant, um, I say, gains in that defense because the defense has struggled in stopping teams in the past and in the run. But if it's going to, if it's if any game that's good, that where he's going to be, you know, that big factor, this could be the game because why Aaron Rodgers is not in that game. It's going to be Jordan Love, a younger quarterback that can't read and can't dissect the defense pre-snap or even during the, when the ball snap on the run. So having a guy, a defender like Ingram, who is fast off the edge, that can defeat the one-on-one, because that's what D-line is all about, or outside linebackers when they're rushing. Defeating that one-on-one, getting to that quarterback, that'll be a great tool. It's going to be a great tool this weekend to have him to get in Jordan Love's face. Uh, Keys to the game for for, for both teams. for uh, The keys to the game for the Packers to win this game and the keys to the game in your opinion for Kansas City to pull out the win. Um, I'll start. I'll start with KC to pull out the win, um, and it's going to be probably the same for both. I say offensively, get in the rhythm because they—that's the biggest thing that Mahomes knows that he can do with his pass game, and then mix in that run game like Eric Bieniemy has been doing with, along with Andy Reid, and then defensively for Kansas City, they got to slow teams down. They got to at least work on slowing them down to almost stopping them to not being complacent, not saying they are complacent, but to getting that comfortable level, like you said, Chris Jones mentioned, mentioned earlier in the presser. Don't get comfortable in saying, okay, you know, Mahomes is going to bail us out. I think by now being four and four, they know that's not the case. So go out there and win the game defensively. And for the Packers, being on the road, you know, in a hostile environment, don't give the Kansas City Chiefs anything. So that means no turnovers. Let them learn. Let them earn the mistakes. So we, you know, if they if they throw, you know, get Jordan Love into an interception or a fumble. They caused it. Don't just give them a, a, the, the interception. Don't just fumble the ball on a, a center, a quarterback exchange, or a handoff to the running back exchange. Let them earn the mistakes out there. And then from also Jordan Love, when you're in the pocket, stand confident, st- stand tall. Throw the plays. I Hopefully, LaFleur, along with Hackett, has talked with Jordan Love. What are your plays that you like to run? What are your pass plays you like to throw? Give him that comfortable stuff, even though it might be a short pass to the flat, but that's what he likes to throw work grow off of that okay you like this flat pass and you know what we're going to do a flat with a, a drag going across so we're going to do a screen with that flat po- you know play find the stuff that he's comfortable with because then he could get in a groove a lot smoother and then defensively for green bay packers you know you got all that speed still on kansas city chiefs wide receivers so they're going to catch the ball so between the 20s let them catch them balls let them gain on that yards, but in the red zone, that's where you tighten up the grips. So then you keep them out of the end zone. Let's hold them to a field goal or nothing. And so you have that game plan. You can slow them down and get that victory down in KC. I, I will say this: uh, my my key to the game uh, for Kansas, and I'll start with them. Uh, offensively, obviously, you can't. You you you've got to play a clean ball game. You know, I know turnovers. You know, 
they one they don't have any turnovers. That that's the biggest thing because once they once they have that first turnover, whether it's an interception, a fumble, it's it's starting to mess with their head. They may not admit it, mm-hmm. but you can see it yeah. in their in their play. You know, Travis Kelsey having that fumble in Monday night's game messed with him. You know, the, the rest of the ball game. I would also say defensively. They've got to create turnover. They got, you know, they, they've got to give themselves uh, an opportunity to have extra possessions when you can capitalize on it. Now, granted, it it did work in Monday's game when Patrick had a, uh, had the interception in the end zone, and then they turn around and Daniel Jones uh, had an interception uh, mm-hmm. to uh, to Willie Gay, uh, and he and he took it back before the Chiefs scored a touchdown. So they need to continue that. They need to, you know, continue to get pressure. Again, like you mentioned, uh, quarterback not a lot of experience in theory you would pressure them. And even Steve Spagnola mentioned that we got to see whether or not they can actually do it and get to the quarterback. Cause again, they've had problems with quarterbacks mm-hmm. who can run the ball effectively. Yep. So uh, the key for me uh, for the Green Bay Packers is allow Jordan love. If he, if, if it's something, if, if he goes to his progressives or whatever, or even if he doesn't make sure you give him the confidence, Hey, give him the green light to run the football. Cause again, knowing mm-hmm. that Kansas city has been getting beat at the line of scrimmage a lot, you know, his legs might be his greatest asset uh, at Arrowhead Stadium. And then also, of course, you don't want to have the turnovers. But but I think the biggest key, which is what I want to kind of close with you on, is uh, I know I know you played the Chiefs in 20, in 2003 when I know that was your best statistical season when you rushed for over 1,800 yards. Yep. I know you all lost to the Chiefs. And, yeah. And, oh, my God. Lost because of me. Well, I'm wondering the reason. Well, I wasn't trying to bring that up. Yeah, I know you no, were before the time. Hey, you know, I'm uh, accountable. I hold myself accountable. And, I'll, and even 20, 20, 13, 15 years from the game. <laughs> but I, I did want to – have you had a chance to play at Arrowhead? Um, No. Okay. When I think about my, I was a fan a few years ago to watch my nephew Niles Paul when he was playing for the Washington football team back in like 2017, 2016. Okay. I was a, I was a fan, and it does get loud in there. I never really thought about it, but yeah. my rookie year in Seattle, I played out there when okay. I was a Seahawks. And the reason why, because because I want I want to ask how that would have an effect on Joe, because you know even even though Aaron Rodgers isn't here, Chiefs fans still know how important this game is for for mm-hmm. for them to where they need to win this ball game. You know that the stadium is going to be loud, it's going to be rocking, it's going to be sold out. I know Packers are going to have fans here this weekend. I know Chiefs are going to be loud and boisterous. Um, how much how much of an issue will it be for Jordan Love dealing with the trap? Because he's never been in the stadium. I don't even care in his college days. He's never been in the stadium. No. As loud as what he's going to hear at Arrowhead on Sunday. I'm pretty sure Matt LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett have had turned on the speakers in the Hudson Center in yeah, Green Bay to work. Same, you know that. <laughs> yeah, to, to simulate, to get something close to what he may experience. But it will come into effect if the Packers get down. That crowd, obviously, they're going to start, you know, everybody starts the game very off long, high, yeah. very high, and everybody's excited at the beginning of the game. But if later in the game goes and it starts to go Casey's way, then that's when that crowd is going to become a factor for Jordan Love and that offense. And so, as I know, coaches, when we know we're going on the road, playing in a loud stadium, we worked on hand signals and we worked on, you know, those things that we know if we can't hear the snap count, we can't hear the play call, then we're going to, you know, wake on something that we can, you know, sign language in things. So they're going to have that as a backup. I hope they better, <laughs> they better have a backup plan. So then if it gets, you know, decibel loud, you know, when it's a, whatever that decibel is, that number where you can't hear nothing, you can't even hear your own voice talk in, in the uh, Arrowhead stadium. When that happens, they, they better have a game plan for Jordan Love and that Packer offense. So before we get out of there, let people know where they can, you know, catch up with you, where they can find you on social media and what you what you got going on. 
Yeah, so like Darren said at the start, we're on um, Believe Network. It's on my block in Green Bay Packer podcast. Myself, Amon Green, and Mike Wall, and my my uh, teammate here in Green Bay. But then also I do another podcast. I'm also a gamer. If you see where I'm sitting at, I got video game. I'm a esports coach at Lakeland University in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. So it is called Amon Green's Gamers Lounge podcast wherever you download your podcast you can upload it to iHeartRadio, spotify uh, apple podcast and we record once a week so the podcast for this week is up we have some great topics talking about things with activision that's going on game releases and then fun fun uh conversation about recommendations on what's on stream because you know it's a lot of movies and tv shows on all these streaming apps that we have in the world um and of streaming out there so i do that as well then obviously like i mentioned already um coach here at lakeland and my uh, social media on ig is a mind green 30 all one word on twitter and instagram now i'm not gonna let you get at it because i wouldn't be doing my job your prediction on sunday's game Ooh, i say my prediction i'll say right now i think the chiefs unfortunately they get the win because of the, I mean, it's 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 a it's a big loss yeah. to have the one of the best players in the game today and this season because he's on a your MVP route right now the way he's playing along with his teammates. So, Chiefs get the win. It's going to be a close one. I'll say twenty-four to twenty in Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, hey, I'm gonna be honest with you, and this is just full disclosure. Before I knew about Aaron Rodgers, uh, we we do a we do a Chief show uh, uh, on Mondays or the following well Tuesday after the game, and Tuesday I had the Packers winning thirty eight twenty four because I'm like the Chiefs play like this against an Aaron Rodgers led team, there's no way that they're, they're they're getting that with a win. But of course Aaron Rodgers does make a big difference in his absence. But here's the thing, I mean you know this is this is also a time. Where where the Packers can can rally around Jordan Love and, and play their best ball game of the season, even better than what they did against the Arizona Cardinals. I do think it's a close ball game uh, because they don't have Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to have the Chiefs win this again. I had them initially losing 38-24, but because they're without uh, Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to have them winning uh, 28 to 20. And again, and I still think it could go down to the wire because okay. if Jordan love, if Jordan love just plays mistake free football, yeah. that could be an issue for Kansas city. So, Definitely. uh, brother green, I, I really appreciate you uh, joining me. Uh, and hopefully we can do this again sometime in the future, whether we're talking about the playoffs or anything else, yeah, hopefully we sure. can get you, you know, get, get you back on here or vice versa. So, uh, make sure you follow, follow, uh, Amon green. Of course you can go to believe.com and, Pull up uh, his podcast, uh, Almond Green, Believe in Packers with Almond Green and Mike Wall. So, uh, of course, make sure you uh, follow, like, subscribe, download Believe in Kansas City Sports with Darren Smith. And uh, we'll be back next week. I'll be live from Las Vegas uh, as we get ready to take right. care yeah, take care of the radio. So, Ahmad, thank you so much. You have a good evening. Hey, you're welcome, Darren. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.